For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and the people who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We've got an important gospel reading uh, in front of us this morning. It's a rather lengthy one, so Rachel has volunteered to help me uh, present it. This is simply the scriptures. We're not reading from a play script or some such thing, uh, but we've broken it into uh, 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 characters a little bit so that uh, the woman at the well that Rachel's going to be reading uh, her portions of this passage uh, can stand out, and then we can consider uh, what this encounter between her and Jesus might have meant to her life. So here from the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter, verses 5 through 42. Now Jesus came to a Samaritan town called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, since he was tired from the journey, sat right down beside the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. For his disciples had gone off into the town to buy supplies. So the Samaritan woman said to Jesus, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for water to drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you had known the gift of God and who it is who, is, uh, who said to you, Give me some water to drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, you have no bucket, and this well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Surely you are not greater than our ancestor Jacob, are you? For he gave us this well and drank from it himself, along with his sons and his livestock. Jesus replied, Everyone who drinks some of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks some of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. But the water that I will give them will become in them a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw, to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Right you are when you said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the man you are living with now is not your husband. This you said truthfully. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and your people say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And the people who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Jesus, 
I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called Christ. Whenever he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Now, at that very moment, the disciples came back. They were shocked because Jesus was speaking with a woman. However, no one said, uh, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar. She went off into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Surely he can't be the Messiah, can he? They left the town and began coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples began to say to one another, No one brought him anything to eat, did they? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. Don't you say there are four more months and then comes the harvest? I tell you, look up and see that the fields are already white for harvest. The one who reaps receives pay and gathers fruit for eternal life, so that the one who sows and the one who reaps can rejoice together. For in this instance, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you did not work for. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Now, Many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the report of the woman who testified. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they began asking him to stay with them. He stayed there for two days, and because of his word, many more believed. They said to the woman, No longer do we believe because of your words, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this one really is the Savior of the world. He told me everything I did. It was if he really knew me. Me. No one knows me here. No one's either, even bothered to know me. I suppose I can't really blame them. I know the drill. I know why I have come to gather my water at noon. The other women don't want to even know that I exist. I have a past, you see. Well, I guess I also have a present, too. So I am banished from getting water with the other woman. They normally come in the morning. That's when they get, th they get together. It's when they talk and catch up and trade recipes. All those things I've never done with them. I don't know. In a way, I guess it isn't so bad getting my water at noon. Sure, it's hot. But the sun is so bright that time of day that it makes everything seem so clear. That must be it. The sun. Either the sun went to my head and made me delusional, or the sun made me see things clearly that day with that man. That man. The Messiah. That's what I called him. The Messiah. What made me say that? What on earth made me so bold? I mean, he was a Jew. A rabbi, even. It's bad enough to be speaking to a single man at the well, but a Jew? No, even I've never been so bold. But for some reason, 
He didn't make me feel as if I were being too bold. He made it seem like the most natural thing in the world, as natural as, well, as natural as water. I called him a prophet, but it didn't take long for me to realize he was so much more than that. I don't think that even a prophet would have bothered with me. Would Elijah have stopped to talk to me? I don't know, maybe, but I don't know. But this man, the man not only talked to me, but he knew me. And more than that, he wanted to know me. I guess you could say that he was bold too. He offered me living water. Of course, at first I thought he was nuts. Living water? Living water? He knew I was thirsty for it before I even did. How did he know that I had that unquenchable thirst? Because he is the Messiah. Today, the people in the town listened to me. For the first time, they heard what I had to say. Because of this man, he made it possible. All of the people to tell who he was, he chose me. Why did he do that? He knew that the people usually ignore me, but still he told me. He knew that I wouldn't be able to contain myself. He knew that the knowledge of who he was would just come bubbling out of me, like water. I told them even though I had no idea if they'd listen, but they did. They listened, and they came and they saw for themselves. They came and they saw, and they were able to get that living water too. The Messiah has come. He came to my well, he came into my life, and he quenched my thirst. Those who are hungry should be fed, and those who thirst should drink. It is for all of us, even me, even you. Thank you, Rachel. <clears throat> you can go to Israel today. Uh, as Pastor Natalia recently has done, and you can journey to Samaria, to a town called Sikar, as we've just heard in the, this gospel reading, a place the passage of time seems to have forgotten. There are still several hundred people, but that's all, who live right there in that region, and they still consider themselves to be Samaritans. A primary structure on the edge of this town is a kind of cave or a cellar uh, it's actually uh, a well, a housing for a well. There it is, if you can see that, that picture, pictured oh, the way it looked in 1894. Um, the only source of water in that region for many miles, this well. As often happens at holy sites around Israel, eventually a church was built up around uh, this important location. So uh, today this is the same uh, location, but... Uh, it is in the midst of, of a Gothic church, uh, Eastern Orthodox church. Archaeologists estimate that this well is dated to about 4,000 years ago. Uh, weary travelers then have quenched their thirst there, not only since the time of Jesus, but all the way back to the time of Jacob. Uh, even more fascinating, maybe, than its Archaeological significance is the fact that this place historically validates for us the precise location where this Samaritan woman had this encounter with Christ. 
You know, many of the, the sites in the Holy Land, you quickly learn when you go there and visit uh, that there are, there, there's a kind of competition and a kind of, uh, kind of ecclesiastical competition going on. So for every uh, would-be holy exact location, for instance, this is where uh, Jesus was entombed. So you have the garden tomb just outside the walls of the holy city of Jerusalem. But there is also the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which claims perhaps to be the same uh, thing, the place where Jesus was uh, laid to rest prior to the resurrection. So this is true all throughout the Holy Land uh, when you get to holy sites. But the, the authenticity of this well is nearly undisputed, uh, which is a little bit rare. Samaritans, Muslims, Christians, Jews all agree that this is the place where this story happened. The Samaritan woman says to Jesus, Our fathers worshipped God on this mountain, that is Mount Gerizim, but you Jews say that the proper place to worship God is in Jerusalem. Now, this woman was more than likely an outcast. It's why she's out at this well gathering her water under the heat of the noonday sun. She knew that uh, her own people had ostracized her. Uh, but she also knew, uh, she seemed to know what, what the faith of the Jerusalem people, what, what the faith of the Israelites was, and that they had a holy temple in the center of the holy city. And she knew that in her wildest dreams, she'd never be allowed to approach that holy temple herself. But Jesus expl expands her worldview in this incredible encounter out there next to this well. The time is now when God the Father will be worshipped neither in Jerusalem, which is just a shocking thing for Jesus to say out loud. The time is now when God the Father will be worshipped neither in Jerusalem nor on Mount Gerizim. So Jesus doesn't uh, uh, you know, uh, brush away her people's faith traditions or, or, or condemn them. He, he knows about them, but, but he includes them in this expansion of, of the presence of God. Again, the time is now when God the Father will be worshipped neither in Jerusalem nor on Mount Gerizim. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In other words, God will meet you where you are, no matter who you are. And then comes this profoundly important moment. It's really easy for us to miss it. We should not. Sir, she says, I know that one day the Messiah, the one who is called Christ, will come and he will tell us all things. And then Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. For the first time, in John's Gospel, the great messianic secret has been revealed. This is one of the most dramatic moments in biblical history, if you will. Jesus finally says the quiet part out loud, and he shares his true identi identity. Not in front of the Sanhedrin, a kind of you know, religious uh, council, kind of uh, a supreme religious court. Not in front of the Sanhedrin does he say out loud that he is the Messiah. It's, it's not in front of the Jerusalem bar or in front of the temple priests or in front of any political leaders. This is the moment that history has been waiting for, and Jesus ushers in this news through this 
Gentile, this woman, this Samaritan, an apparent outcast from her own people of outcasts? Why did Jesus choose her? Why does Jesus choose you? She leaves her precious water jar and she runs back to, to her village to tell the people what she has experienced to bring the gospel, the good news, to the very people who had condemned her. And the logos, the word, began to spread until it reaches us on this day, until it reaches Brody at this font until this good news reached you, even this moment. Amen. Yeah, so, you know, they stole an hour of sleep from us and the roads were crummy. But you made your way over here, and in this word, and in this water, we've been blessed. In fact, along with Brody, we have been chosen. You have been chosen, forgiven, chosen child of God is what you are. So go back out there, be careful on the roads, but go in peace, love and serve the Lord.